The Kilkenny Hurling Podcast with Eddie Scally and Robbie Dowling. Brought to you by KCLR and scoreline.ie. It's the Kilkenny Hurling Podcast brought to you by KCLR. Each week, myself, Robbie Dowling, and former Blacks and Whites manager Eddie Scally cast our eye over all the action from the weekend senior, intermediate, and junior league and championship games in Kilkenny, as well as looking ahead to the next round of action. Of course, last weekend brought with it no games because the county final was on the bank holiday weekend in October. And of course, there are no more games to look forward to. But we will look back on an incredible senior campaign. As I said, I am joined in studio, as always, by Eddie Scally. Eddie, how are you? I'm good. I'm disappointed to hear there's no more games to look forward to. I know, yeah. I'll have that little script at the start, but there's no games in the senior, <laughs> ju- intermediate or junior league or championship in Kilkenny, Eddie. But we will, of course, look forward to um, three teams in Kilkenny being involved in uh, junior, intermediate and senior provincial action this weekend. That'll be a little bit later in the podcast, but we're going to go straight into it, Eddie, because, of course, on last week's edition of the Kilkenny Hurling Podcast, we asked our listeners basically to vote on a poll that went up online throughout the week on our senior team of the year. Now obviously between our uh, panel of experts as we'll call them, we picked our junior team of the year and intermediate team of the year that we announced last week and then went up online and people seemed quite pleased with it and there was great feedback and interaction from it. Um, Hopefully we get similar feedback and interaction from the senior team of the year but again, as I said, this wasn't picked by us, it was picked by you the listeners Um, and Eddie what do you make of it, first of all, before we announce it? Um, there's, look, there's probably a few omissions that I wouldn't have... <laughs> um, that I would have expected to be in the team. Um, I'm I'm glad it was the listeners to put this team together because I can I can assure you that if you and me had put this team yeah. out completely, we'd be out. Um, ah, yeah. But do you know what? When I was looking at it, it'd be an, an exceptionally good team. And I think every single player that's on that team probably deserves to be on the team. Actually, not probably, does deserve to be on the team. And then there's a few players that didn't make the cut that probably, you know, were very, very close or could have been on the team. So yeah. I think sometimes in situations like this, you'd love to be able to name 22 you players would, and say yeah. that. But yeah. unfortunately, it's put down to 15. And I think the listeners did a really good job on this. Okay, okay. Sure, we'll get straight into it. Do you want to announce it or will I? Oh, you're, you're definitely announcing it. Okay, okay. <laughs> Here we go then. Right, this is the Kilkenny Hurling Podcast Senior Team of the Year. In goal is O'Loughlin Gale shot stopper Stephen Murphy. It's a full O'Loughlin Gale's full back line of Mikey Butler, Hugh Lawler and Jordan Malloy. Their teammate David Fogarty makes it in at right half-back with Richie Reid of Ballyhale Shamrocks at centre-back and another O'Loughlin Gale's defender Paddy Deegan at left half-back. In midfield it's Dennis Bridges, Kevin Blanchfield and O'Loughlin Gales, Jack Nolan. While the half-forward line is Luke Scanlon of James Stevens, TJ Reid of Ballyhale Shamrocks and Mark Bergen, the captain of O'Loughlin Gales. The final three in the full forward line are Owen Cody, of course, Ballyhale Shamrocks and Kilkenny star, Andy Gaffney of Dixborough and the sole Dixborough representative because the final player in a corner forward is Owen Wall of O'Loughlin Gales. So that is, as I said, the Kilkenny Hurling Podcast senior team of the year. Um, Eddie, immediate thoughts? Um, immediate thoughts? I'd like you to read it out again. Okay. <laughs> Here we go then. Okay, so number one, Stephen Murphy. Number two, Mikey Butler. Number three, Hugh Lawler. Number four, Jordan Malai. Number five, David Fogarty. Number six, Richie Reid. Number seven, Paddy Deegan. Number eight, Kevin Blanchfield. Number nine is Jack Nolan. Number ten, Luke Scanlon. Number eleven, TJ Reid. Number twelve, Mark Bergen. Number thirteen, Owen Cody. Number fourteen is Andy Gaffney. And <coughs> finally, number fifteen is Owen Wall. Eddie, initial thoughts. Something more now. <laughs> yeah, no, look, come here. 
it's 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 very O'Loughlin Gales. It is. They're heavily represented there, and that's nine going to in happen. total. We yeah, should say. and that, that 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 is going to happen when you win the championship. Um, it's small margins to win a championship by a point, and to get nine nine of the team of the year. Whereas Ballyhale Shamrocks lost the county final by a point and ended up with three. And that's a really so, good. That's a really good point. Actually. Do you know? Yeah, and yeah. That, but this is it. This is the small margins you're dealing with. Oh, Dixborough were beaten two points by Ballyhale Shamrocks and were probably the team of the league, and end up with one team. Yeah, one player on the team. So well, they look, definitely were the team of the league. Weren't yeah. They? Well, obviously, they, yeah. they won the league. They too, won the so, league. Yeah. <laughs> um, but no, look. In fairness, I can see O'Loughlin Gales. First and foremost, there was some good nominations for the goalkeeping position but I would 1 million percent have, have, have went with Stephen Murphy in the goal as well that I think. was very tight that goalkeeper vote um, Stephen Murphy won it in the end but Paddy Hogan was actually quite close from Danes Ford yeah, he, he, like, this is the thing the problem is when, we, when you're looking at it and that's why I'm delighted we put it out to the public when we're looking at it you're looking at the semi-finals north and that's it you mm. don't, you don't you, you, it's like the other teams didn't partake yeah. and that's unfortunate if you look at the All-Stars or any of the other events it's based on semis, finals and maybe to a lesser degree one or two players might pop in from quarters but Paddy Hogan's performances throughout the year for Dane's Ford he stood out I think you know Dane's Ford were close in, in a lot of games they were very unlucky um, you know tight games they yeah. came out the wrong end of huge amount of that was down to Paddy Hogan in the goal keeping them uh, keeping them solid and I'm delighted that Paddy ran so close to getting on to the team of the year but for me I think Stephen Murphy was the goalkeeper of the year and I think it would have been a little bit unfair for him not to make it I think he was brilliant How important is Stephen Murphy to a Lachlan Gales not just how good he is at shot stopping but his puck outs and his distribution and also his experience as well It's massive because it's not you know his shot stopping was brilliant in the semi-final in particular his puck outs have been just like the puck out is such an important part of the game and his puck outs are, are absolutely brilliant but I would actually say without knowing Stephen because I don't know him mm. but from speaking to any of the people in O'Loughlin Gales that I do know his presence in that dressing room is absolutely monumental mm. if you listen to the O'Loughlin Gales players current and former talk about Stephen Murphy they all hold him in the highest regard like it's been said only for Kilkenny of the best goalkeeper of a generation probably at the moment in the goals this man would have been in goal for Kilkenny for four or five years mm. that's how highly they think of him but I think it's his standing in the dressing room to me I would say he is one of these lads that at half time in a match when you're a point down he's one of them lads that's smacking that table with a hurl and he's one of the lads that you listen to I have no doubt about that but he seems to be a huge character around the place brilliant goalkeeper and a massive part of them winning that championship Mikey Butler Hugh Lawler and Jordan Malloy in the full back line the obvious standout here is Jordan Malloy in the sense that he's played half back all year but um, ultimately the public vote meant that we had to get him in somewhere he's in a corner back beside arguably the best full back in the country certainly one of them in Hugh Lawler and again arguably one of the best cornerbacks in the country and certainly one of them in uh, Mikey Butler Yeah look again <coughs> I can have no arguments there you know the three of them are outstanding players Jordan Malloy um, the tattoo isn't done just yet with the, the whole Ackley Gales half back line on my shoulder but um, the, the, they've, he's just been a revelation this season as has um, the other two boys in the half back line but Mikey Butler and Hugh Lawler as well um, you know Mikey's performance in the county final probably wasn't his best performance of the year but what it was was it was Mikey Butler sacrificing himself for the cause to try and nullify Adrian Mullen ended up for me being one of the, the show pieces of the game it was mm. something that was brilliant to watch and then Hugh Lawler a full back I still go back to that comment that was made to me before the Shamrocks game I asked about how hard is Hugh Lawler to play against and mm. I was told if you're playing against O'Loughlin Gales you have to select which forward you're happy enough to touch the ball or not to touch the ball yeah, he's yeah. the fella that's going to be marked by Hugh Lawler and I think 
coming from the person that it came from I, I, I couldn't think more highly of Hugh Lawler than I do already but it just brought it to another level when it actually put it down to play Hugh Lawler has marked everyone's star players this year and won every one of them battles yeah absolutely incredible uh, inter-county and with the club and he does make the team of the year I would say on an unlucky one because I do think I should knock out a couple of unlucky ones in each of them lines Enda Morrissey for Bennett's Bridge was absolutely exceptional this year in the full back line as was Dara Corcoran for yeah. Shamrock's Bally Hill Dara getting moved from the half back line into full back and holding the fourth there he was exceptional Bally Hill conceded no goal this year and I think it's important that in the championship yeah. yeah and I think it's vitally important that the, the, the movement of Dara Corcoran Pat Hoban making that call to move Dara Corcoran to full back was one of the calls of the championship and them going the whole championship without conceding the goal is yeah. phenomenal and he was very close I have to say he's nearly the seventh back that's how close he was to making this team uh, half back line then Eddie uh, David Fogarty who's up for player of the year of course who we, which we will announce a little bit later on Richie Reid and Paddy Deegan wouldn't be a bad inter-county half back line it wouldn't be um, it definitely wouldn't be um, could it, be the, could it be the Kilkenny Intercounty of a half-back line next season? Oh, there's two of them going to be there anyway, Richie mm. Reid and, and Paddy Deegan. Um, more than likely, that's two of the three. So Jordan Malloy and David Fogarty might be battling hard there. Yeah. And there's there's other people there. Mikey Carey is going to be back. I yeah, believe Paddy Langton is in there from Young Ireland. The, Kilkenny are very lucky that they have a lot of really good half-backs. They do, good back line. Um, there, yeah. And they have, the lad that got his injury last year, Blanchfield from... Um, David Blanchfield of David course Blanchfield yeah. and if Derek Corker yeah yeah um, could that be the Kilkenny halfback line it could I'm not going to be getting dragged in under this bus <laughs> with you here today um, but no look all three of them have been exceptional this year yeah. uh, Paddy Deegan David Fogarty are both down for her of the year this year Richie Reid wasn't, wasn't too far off that her of the year role either he's been brilliant for Ballyhale he always is Um I, I, I honestly couldn't have any argument with that half-back line and I know there's there's other players David Blanchfield went back to centre-back for Bennis Bridge and he did really really well there during the year um, he deserves kind of an honourable mention for his performances and as does uh, Niall Brazel for James Stevens. Mm. Um, he had a couple of brilliant games um, at centre-back as well and see you're forgetting Dixborough's centre-backs as well because Tom Kenny was close here we should say as well yeah, to getting in. this is because they got knocked out in, in, in an earlier stage in the championship if they'd got one more round Tom Kenny was a certainty yeah. for who I don't know but I just that's why I just said I'd say yeah. the unlucky losers but David Fogarty Richie Reid Paddy Deegan you'd be a brave man to put up an argument against the three of them in the half back line yeah it's an incredibly strong back line in total and particularly that half back line midfield then Eddie uh, Kevin Blanchfield which I think most people would have expected to be honest with you he had a phenomenal season with Bennis Bridge as they made the semi-final Jack Noel of O'Loughlin Gales again as the season went on his name became more and more prominent do you think it's his performances in the latter stages of the championship that has saw him make this team it is I've seen him make this team no it definitely is because when you were looking at O'Loughlin Gales and even building up to the semi-finals you were looking at the lines you felt they were going to be finding a tough in a midfield was one of them areas we didn't expect um, with all due respect we we felt it was yeah. an, an area you could target against them and um, Ballyhale likewise their midfield were very inexperienced too and we kind of thought that was an area you could target but Jack Nolan's just been brilliant he really really has and he's gotten better in every round in the county finally he had his best game yeah. so if you think about it if he took it from a 7 and then up to an 8 and then up to a 9 and then he hit nearly the 10 points in the county final for performance mm. um, he, he completely justifies his role Kevin Blanchfield he's just been on a different stratosphere for the whole championship yeah, yeah. from from day one and we were the, the county semi-final was a, a lesser spectacle for him limping off mm. because 
he had already started really well and to think about it he actually came back on I don't know what the injury was I never found out afterwards it looked like something like a hamstring or something had gone but he went off and then for the cause to try and get them over that line he went back out and played for another 15 minutes in, in what must have been excruciating pain because there was no way he would have went off if he wasn't in, in big trouble but I don't think there's too many hard luck stories in the midfield area I would say from Ballyhale Owen Keneally did a lot of his work out around midfield Um I think the fact that he played so many games in corner four probably played against him a small bit, but I wouldn't I wouldn't lower the fact of Owen Keneally's performances this year. And another person, particularly in the in the, in the semi finals, popped up a few times, and I thought he was excellent. Was Liam Barron, uh, yeah, for Shamrocks Ballyhill. Mm-hmm. I don't know how old Liam is. He looks young um, on the field. I don't I I, I don't know him at all. Uh, he looks like a young chap. He's a hairstyle like a young Felenia. <laughs> but um, I thought he was very good as well. But no, I can't argue with with Jack Nolan and Kevin Blanchfield. I'm going to just say it straight out: if Bennis Bridge had gotten to the county final, Kevin Blanchfield would have got hurt of the year. You think so? Yep. I can't think there could have been no yeah, other reason. Irrespective of the result? No. I think if they'd have got to the county final, it would have taken... It's easy to say it now, and I'm not taking away from the earlier of the year either, because... But Kevin Blanchfield was man of the match, or very close to man of the match, in every single match this year about the county semi-final. If you ask anyone that went to watch Bennett's Bridge this year, any game they won, he, had, he, was, he was top man. Yeah. He's just had a brilliant year. Okay. Uh, that's the midfield. The half forward line: Luke Scanlon, um, TJ Reid, and Mark Bergen. You you love Luke Scanlon, as we all know. You love <laughs> TJ Reid, and you love Mark Bergen. So it's an so Eddie Scally much, love fest here. Pretty much my half forward line. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, no, look, um, Mark's been Mark is brilliant. Uh, actually, the whole half forward line is brilliant, and you are right. They're three of my favourite players in Kilkenny, yeah. uh, all for different reasons. Um, I think TJ is the greatest hurler of all time. Um, I think everything he did this year was just a joy to watch. I said it to you, kids should be dragged to watch Ballyhale train because you want to get as much of him as you can from now till he does eventually retire, hopefully in five or six years' time. Um, Mark Bergen, he saved the best to last. He was like a fine wine. His performance in the county final was his best performance of the year. Yeah. He was brilliant in the county final. And I have to say as well, I know it doesn't get you on to teams of the year, his speech after the game was exceptional. It was just so He's well He's a proper taught. leader, isn't he? He really is. I still, and I actually read in the papers, one of the papers the week after the game, the one thing, when I left the pitch, the one thing that was stuck in the back of my mind was how he addressed all the kids in front of the stand. And yeah. I said that to you. And I, like, they're not my club, but it nearly brought a bit of emotion to the thing for me, myself. I could feel myself welling up at how well he had directed it to these young kids standing in front of the stands, saying to them, you know, you're the future stars. Listen to your coaches, listen to your trainers, listen to your teachers, and we can keep this going. We can have O'Loughlin Gales up here again. And I just thought, what a time. And he shared that moment with, with a number of people. There'd been people that O'Loughlin Gales had lost. There was players within the club that maybe felt that they weren't senior members of the panel. He highlighted them, he named them. Like, I mean, exceptional speech. Yeah, like, like there's some people, and I'm not going to point out anyone, but you feel like uh, in all sports and all walks of life that they're doing it for themselves, he's one of those people that you feel as though he's representing not just himself and his family, but the club as well. And all of those things are of equal importance to him. There's a great ethos in the GEA about family, about community. That, that, that's what the GEA is built upon. I've said it to you about Shamrocks Valley Hale so many times with a small parish. O'Loughlin Gales might be a city team but they're a small parish they'll see themselves that as a small parochial area a full backroom team completely made up of O'Loughlin Gales people Mm. like what a club Um, fair juice to them fair juice to Mark what a captain to have and what a speech to have you know I I think he epitomises everything about them and 
I was delighted with it. And then on the other role in there, I probably played my part in that getting him into that team of the year. He did his own. Yeah. He did a bit himself. He, he kind of. But <laughs> in fairness, to Luke, an exceptional year. Every match, I think he got man of the match in four games with James Stevens this year. Yeah. Um, knocking in four or five points every game. Superb player. I'd love to see him back in the Kilkenny fold. I really would. Um, I know he's been in around it a couple of times in the past. I don't know what way his own life is and, and, and how his time is, but I just think he's a fella that could offer something to Kilkenny. He's a, he's a, he's a superstar um, on the day. Mark won't be offering it to Kilkenny, I'd imagine. I think no. Mark's, Mark's best days now. One are, of the very few players, if I'm not mistaken, this is a complete tangent, that was dropped and I don't I hope he doesn't mind me using that word and then came back into the panel under Brian Cody that's how good a player and how Mark strong Morgan. his character is oh yeah is. no no Mark is Mark's phenomenal but I think Mark's Mark's well in his 30s now ah yeah, yeah, yeah you yeah. know like Mark's not I don't think Mark's Mark's desire is not going to be playing for Kilkenny now and he, no, I, I'm sure no. he'd probably he'd probably tell us if he does um, yeah, but, yeah. but I think Luke Scanlon is still young enough that he might make a difference but Either way, absolutely exceptional half hour line and every one of them deserves to be in it. And of course, TJ Reid is down as one of the nominees for Player of the Year as well. He is, of course. Um, full forward line, Owen Cody, Andy Gaffney, Owen Wall. Yeah, um, Owen Cody, man of the match in a few of the games this season. Um, he's been very, very good, mainly playing a straight out in the half forward line, but in around that full forward line as well, he's been he's been really good. Um, there hasn't been six forwards better than Owen Cody this year you can put, I, can, I can tell you that now uh, he deserves his place on that team simple as Owen Wall in the other corner um, you know the, the O'Loughlin Gales forwards take an awful lot of crap like they really do have to listen to some shit if I was in the O'Loughlin Gales half forward line I would fucking hate everybody in Kilkenny that's not really fun. but every week and every pundit it's always down to the same crap with O'Loughlin Gales oh well their forward line aren't scoring enough and the mm. forward line don't score enough and it's like we just have to score more than our backs concede and if we've got our backs that everyone thinks are so fucking good well then like I said it to you about county final if O'Loughlin Gales can keep Ballyhale to less than 20 points they'll win the championship yeah. they did so I think and when you have players like Mark Bergen and Owen Wall Owen Wall's after scoring some of the goals in this year's championship and then he has to listen to that the, they're not potent enough they're not dangerous enough they're more than dangerous enough they're, they're, they're a good team on their goal on their day they can murder you and Owen Wall is one of the main reasons for that you leave him loose for 10 seconds and the ball's in the back of the net yeah. um, so I'm delighted for him you should be I think you play soccer with I him do a bit. yeah sound fella brilliant man and uh, brilliant hurler brilliant sports person he's just all around her really but, yeah. uh, uh, had a brilliant year with O'Loughlin's I know he suffered a bad injury last year I think it was kept him out a lot of the championship if not all of the championship so for him as well I think it was a, a great year on a personal basis and obviously collectively yeah no definitely and then Andy Gaffney in the forwards there from Dixborough again he had a brilliant year they won't see it no Dixborough player will feel that a great year you know Killian was there as well the two Killians I think Buckley Hackett is there isn't he Tom Kenny yeah. um, Andy Gaffney like all of these lads had very very good league campaigns and even the knockout championship match I mean it's not like they got beaten by 10 points in yeah, the, yeah, yeah. they just they got beaten in one of the games of the year but I think as a team of the year goes it's 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 an exceptional team of the year um, Liam Blanchfield might be a little bit hard done by he might feel a little bit hard done by he won't feel hard done by because players aren't like that but Liam Blanchfield I think you know had done a He'd done a lot this year. He was very, very good this year in the championship. He'd be the one, for me, Liam would be the one main notable omission and maybe Adrian Mullen as well. I think in some games Adrian was excellent um, and then in other games he wasn't as good as he is, you know, but Adrian Mullen is Adrian Mullen and uh, it'd be very hard to leave him out of any team. I'm glad I didn't leave him out of it. Yeah. 
So that's the team. Who are the biggest submissions then, Eddie? Oshin Knox, say, for example, from Mullen Bat, got a lot of votes. Conor Fogarty from Aaron's own got a lot of votes. But Conor Fogarty is an interesting one. Mm. I actually think he single-handedly kept them up. Now, I know he didn't single-handedly kept them up, mm-hmm. but he did the captain fantastic thing. He nailed that goal in the... In yeah. the like, so, you, you see, you have to remember, people vote based on, as I said to you already, yeah. the latter parts of the championship. Um, Conor Fogarty is definitely one. Oshin Knox, Mullen Bat, definitely. Martin O'Connell... Um, isn't it Martin Flair, O'Connor yeah. like he was absolutely outrageous in some of the games this year yeah. he's a notable omission Adrian as I said to you already Liam Blanchfield Nicky Clare Billy Ryan um, Billy Ryan Tommy Ronan Tommy Ronan um, Jesus if we keep going I'll some let amount of them isn't there there is but see this is where it comes down to and that's why and in fairness it was the panel when we tried to pick the team she had seen the murder that was going on on the phone <laughs> with, the, with our own people and it was put forward then to offer it to the public vote and yeah. that's what we did and I think it was the fairest thing to do oh, the, yeah. the only thing that was selected by our panel was the, tr- the nominations the people that got nominated yes. so everyone we felt deserved to get a shot there got a shot yeah. and the other thing was we did select the three players that we put forward for the hurler of the year which were David Blanchfield Paddy Deegan and David Fogarty David Fogarty Paddy yeah. Deegan David Fogarty, Paddy Deegan and TJ Reid. TJ Reid. And yeah. that in itself narrowing down the tree caused arguments too. Oh, that was very hard, yeah. Um, because Kevin Blanchfield yeah. was a player that, you know, a good few of the lads had argued to put in or not put in. Um, Hugh Lawler was another player. You know, yeah. so you, look, it's, it's, it's not simple. Um, no. But we tried to make it as simple as we could. We but did. that's congratulations to all these people yeah, as well. 100%. So it's celebrating the ones that did make the 15. There's 15 exceptional hurlers there. If that was the Robbie Eddy club team, we would walk the championship yes, next year. Yes, 100%. With me leading it, of course. Um, no, but just generally, Eddie, on teams, right? Uh, teams of the year like this. Obviously, as you said, most of the players are either in a county final or a semi final. Do you think that's the right way to go about it? I know this is a public vote, but just generally when you're picking teams. Yeah, it is because they play the most amount of games, so you get to see more of them. Or is it because they perform in the biggest games? It's a both. The reason they're getting to play in more yeah. games is because they're winning. Yeah. And it's, it's very hard. Like It's very rare you see a man at a match on the losing side. You know, when you're when you're watching games, it's is that right? No, it's not. I seen Peter Canavan get man of the match in All Ireland finally he was on the losing team. I bet he's the only player who ever did it. I don't know if he is actually. I just threw that in there for know, the crack. Yeah. Peter Canavan got man of the match in All Ireland final against Dublin, but he scored like one thirteen or something, and they lost by a point. You know, so they had no choice but to give him man of the match. It was it was. Now he probably didn't get man of the match. I'll get someone to text in and tell me I'm an idiot. But no, it's it's the, all these accolades are for winners, like. Mm. So unless you're winning, you're not going to get them. So is it the fairest way? It is the fairest way because it's the only way. You know, a lad can stand out when his team is beaten, but ultimately the team is beaten, and he might have stood out that day. But the following week, we're looking at two different teams, and that lad's gone overhead. Okay, okay. that's my opinion. Yeah. It's not yours. No, I agree. I I always think. It, if you turn up for the first five games and they're kind of first round to quarter final, but you don't say you don't turn up in the quarter final, and then somebody maybe is having a bit of a mixed season but turns up in the semi final and the final, for me that trumps kind of two good performances in those games, trumps maybe four, three or four good performances in the previous rounds, even though obviously that quantitatively uh, there's more performances there, but I, I would. That's how I'd always assess it, and I have to say, our ruthless listeners as well. There was no fucking yeah. tokenism oh, there. Yeah. There was no. There wasn't a single token uh, gesture. No, nowhere. Just like not. If you weren't in a semi-final, you'd be very lucky to be on this team. But that is the Kilkenny hurling podcast team of the year. Congratulations to everybody that made it. Uh, commiserations to everybody 
that didn't but it has to say it was a very very tight vote and thanks to everybody that voted and interacted with us uh, throughout the week um, great to have that team of the year and so that concludes our teams of the year for this year we also obviously of course have our junior and intermediate teams that you can listen back to on last week's podcast or you can check now on scoreline.ie and on our social media pages moving on from the team of the year then Eddie obviously this is a time to reflect on the championship that has gone by and we'll go on to moment of the year what's yours? What would have been my moment of the year is if Derek Ling agreed to play us in a friendly but he probably won't <laughs> that would have been my new moment of the year that'd be some crack wouldn't it? It would be um, something yeah it would be something our, our team of the year <laughs> against Kilkenny is that what you're looking for there? Yeah well I don't think I'd like, I play Limerick I wouldn't give a shit I'd play any of them I Oh think. right Yeah no well I'd play Kilkenny first of all as a, yeah. and I'd give them as home a warm advantage. up get the I'd nice give, win under the belt and I'd give Kilkenny home advantage I'd like to take them okay. on maybe if Derek's yeah. listening he might give you or me a text there he has our number Yeah I, I can't I, I just don't see it happening but that's only my opinion OK well, sure look we'll, we'll never know there. but Derek no. we're putting it out there for you the challenge has been laid yeah. down <laughs> we want the Leinster champions <laughs> right so what do you ask me the best moment of the year for me yes look there's been lots of really good moments in the year but the one moment in the year that I'll and this is how I get my moments of the year in 10 years time if I'm sitting down and I'm asked about this year's championship and do I remember anything in it? I will remember Paddy Deegan's point in the last minute of the county final in injury time to win it for Lachlan Gales. For, for everything. Um, it, it was by no means an easy score. It was, it had its, you know, people giving out, did he take too many steps? Did it go wide? It had everything. But for me, what it really had was Paddy Deegan showing that he has absolutely massive balls. He went and got that ball. He came out with centre-back. So he was pressing up. Remember, this is injury, deep in injury time in a county final. And the centre-back has now ghosted into the forwards to try and go for the juggler here. Mm. So for me, seriously impressive stuff. He took that. He went hunting for that ball. He didn't go up there and say, I'll try and get a handy one. He went hunting. Give me that ball. Took it out to the sideline. And as he was falling, struck it straight over the bar. He went out, which is like the warrior stuff, bite. Slid out over the side of the field. Got up with the big fist into the air. Crowd went mad. For me, moment of the year it's the moment I look back on and there was some great moments I said it to you about Adrian Mullins goal the setup from TJ Reid the pass the whole lot Colin Fenley scoring a point late in the county final was a big moment for me but the moment the standout on its own moment of the year for me Paddy Deegan score in the county final 100% Was that one of the best county finals of the last decade? one of the most exciting um, it had it all like you know you didn't know who was going to win that game even when Ballyhale went ahead and you had that kind of feeling in your stomach that this is the inevitable going to play out now and Ballyhale will see out this and win by three or four points it flipped on its head again yeah. and then O'Loughlin Gales got it and you thought oh they're going to get another chance it was it had it all big hits big excitement controversy I want to say controversy as well and, and, I, and I'm, I always quantify this when you win a game by one point it's always going to come yeah, down to yeah. one decision it's going to come down did the referee do this or did the linesman do that or should the goalkeeper have done this or should the forward have laid off that one decision one point so for me was it the best county final in the last in recent in my recent memory anyway yeah, it'll live long and I thought it was as county finals go because county finals can be awful oh it's so tense um, just nothing at all they, they really can like teams freeze for the first 20 minutes yeah, yeah. and like Mark 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 said it to us on, on the analysts before the game and so did Taggy hmm. that about two or three minutes into the game it just becomes another game they all are in the final like Taggy said yeah. two or three minutes in it just becomes another game like now he said for the two weeks leading up to it the parade <laughs> yeah, yeah. standing on your own for the national anthem that type of stuff that's not just another game but he said the first ball that comes in that you miss and your man breaks you up then it's just another game again but I think county finals as I said can be 
can be dull enough sometimes but that wasn't it was absolute fireworks it was brilliant yeah uh, my moment of the year is uh, probably a personal one but uh, the final day of the senior league um, just because I was obviously uh, involved with KCLR and uh, kind of setting it all up and you're hoping it goes well from a listenership point of view and that and I, I thought it went really well but just the way um, you were on commentary with Brendan down and Callan for the madness that was James Stevens versus Ballyhill Shamrock the A-team as we're now yeah. referred to ah yeah naturally uh, I wasn't looking for five other people before I got to you Eddie <laughs> <laughs> um, and then we had obviously reporters and the whole team that have been fabulous this year and uh, can't uh, express that virtues enough um, at the other matches and there was one group uh, I'm sure people will remember kind of it was the group with um, Dixborough and O'Loughlin's and that it was more or less signed, sealed and secured the only thing was Dixborough had to play Tullerone on the last day and if Tullerone won, O'Loughlin's mightn't have been in the top two. But Tullerone did not turn up. Dixborough hammered them out the gap. O'Loughlin's had an easy win against James Ford. So that group kind of amounted to nothing, even though we were at all three games. But the other group, I, I can't remember the exact kind of happenings of it all. But I think there was, gen- at that match that you were at, we were one point away from Ballycallan being in a relegation final. Yeah. Ballycallan drew a comer. Ballycallan got a point, I think they were in a shield final. If they conceded a point, they were in a relegation semi-final. The Shamrocks got a point, I think they were out of relegation. Like, it was just madness what was happening. They were so tight, and Bennis Bridge lost to Glenmore, and everything was so condensed between the Shamrocks, Ballycall, and Bennis Bridge, and the village, as we had hoped it would have been in the build-up to it, if people remember. And it was just, of, of those four teams, it seemed so likely at any stage that one of them was going to be in a relegation semi-final. Then five minutes later, the same team looked like they were going to be in a Shield final. Then five minutes later, they looked like they were just going to be in a first round of the championship. And the constant changing of it, and that kind of sense of, my God, that everything is happening here, and you don't have a clue what's going to happen we're just going to have to wait for the final whistle um, and I know for a fact a lot of the teams say the final whistle would have went in the Ballycallan match and they were listening into the app and the KCLR app to see what the score was in the game you were at the yeah. and likewise with other games and that and I just thought it epitomised how great the Kilkenny Championship is in one day it, it, it did it had it all Robbie I remember because me and Brendan obviously were doing the coverage at Ballyhale mm. game anyone that was tuning in to us listening to the score to find out who was winning and losing were struggling because I was in the background <laughs> the maths was not the maths was not no. good at all. like at one stage I had Ballyhale down by two points they were losing by a point then I had them level they were winning by oh James Stevens. I'd say if they were listening in they were like oh we've won now we're a point up yeah, and they were yeah. drawn but, no. but it was carnage and I also remember coming home in the car from that game because mm. I was driving back to Carlow for uh, Bagnets and yeah, the Football Championship yeah. and I was driving home in the car and I was listening to yourself and Shane back in the studio and it was then it hit me holy Christ like the amount of permutations yeah. that could have happened today and I remember when you had said it to me the week before this is how we're going to do it I said Jesus this will really work because whatever game is the live coverage game everyone is at every other match is going to be listening in to try yeah. and get the scores to pop up and it's so important because when your full time whistle goes in your game it's so handy that you'll always have it there's always like I've been at games in Carlow and you're listening to the lads listening to the game on the radio behind you yeah. and you can hear you you pretend not to you hear lads oh I focus on only on our game yeah. no you're not no, you liar you, you're after yeah. t- calling out over the dugout twice there to find out the scores <laughs> in the other match but I can see why it will be the moment of the year for you and, and all credit to you and all the team as well that was box office that day it was brilliant no, no it was just it was just um, I know from our point of view obviously it was a big day but just for generally for people I just thought it was it was really good that it went to the last day and that we didn't have two groups again with the greatest respects to that other group that was kind of signed, sealed and delivered one round previously that we didn't have two groups like that so it allowed people to kind of 
sink in and resonate in the fact that we are so lucky in a sense to have such a well-structured and competitive club championship in Kilkenny and I thought that day of them all epitomised the fact that it went down to literally the final whistle of the final game to um, kind of have uh, teams in positions Yeah, no couldn't agree more Robbie and it's a, it's a very fitting um, moment of the year for yourself oh, Thanks Eddie um, Match of the year We're going to agree on this I think yeah, see, look, this is this is the big problem, right? We are going to agree on this, and it's probably a little bit unfair on the county final. Yeah. But for me, the match of the year was Dixborough against Ballyhill. Um, yeah. Is that what we're I agree, on? yeah. All I right, agree that's with that. Because yeah, yeah. when you yeah. looked at me, I was like, <laughs> Sorry, we're going to agree on this. No, we're not. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, I always have a look of confusion, as you know. Um, but the Dixborough-Shamrock's-Ballyhill game for me was the game of the year for... A multitude of reasons, and and this is why I'm saying I'm not taking away from the county yeah. final because the county final was spectacular in its own right. But what the Shamrocks Ballyhill Dixborough game did for me was I actually think it was the single best performance by Shamrocks Ballyhill in a long time. In and I'm on really? about better than their performances, and for numerous reasons, I would put that down as good as their performance in beating Ballygunner in an All Ireland final. You know that type of thing. Would you? Putting that, yeah, I would. In the semi final, oh, semi final, they were when, kind of up yeah, against they, it. It felt yeah, like well, they were only up against it because people were writing them yeah. off. Um, and I actually felt that that was the day that Shamrocks came out and threw the two fingers up to the whole oh, place yeah, and said, "Hold on a second And I actually think there was a comment made the week before, and it was a stupid comment. Somebody had said on this radio. I remember it saying, "Oh, we're delighted." Did you? Did you say it? That you had spoken to somebody from Dixborough and they said they were delighted that they got Shamrocks Ballyhill. Uh, yeah, but that person will remain nameless. But I had spoken to somebody from the borough. I was at the draw in Nolan Park on the Sunday night after the. Why did it remain nameless? I won't say who it was who told me because I don't. I wouldn't like to embarrass somebody like that. But they did. They did tell me that uh, they were delighted to get the Shamrocks in the quarter final because that would be the only time that you can take them out. All right, so you're going to finish off that sentence then with the only time they can take them out. But anyway, no. But genuinely, at that time, I remember hearing that. And I remember thinking, God, I spoke to a couple of people in Ballyhill, and they told me that they'd heard that comment too, not from you. Yeah. But that was the general consensus. So what happened was, you see, the Shamrocks. We should remember at this point, were coming off the back of a, a lame league, and I don't think they'll mind me saying that. They just they weren't. Well, either they weren't but then against Danes Fort they were very bad so they hadn't turned up all year and that's where people were coming with it. not to say I don't think that was the right way of looking at it because I obviously backed no, the Shamrocks no, um, but no no 100% the point that I'm making to you is what had happened and this is what led up to this game being the game it was Shamrocks came in like a wounded animal saying we're not taking this we are the best team in Kilkenny we're the best club team in the country and we're putting down a marker on the other side in the red corner we've Dixborough yeah, who were absolutely flying and were brilliant in this year's championship, and then the two of them, they went at it, did it and yeah. by Jesus, did they go at? It. And it had everything: exceptional scores, a brilliant goal, controversy, and I'm going to say controversy because there's no other word for it. If a referee gives a penalty with the last puck <laughs> of the game, if the penalty had stood, it would have been a really poor call. Yeah. But in fairness to the referee, he did what he's meant to do, consulted with the umpires, spoke to the Lions men, and then awarded the free instead of the penalty. But that was in the fourth minute of injury time. Or yeah, the yeah. Like, this was absolute carnage. Huge crowd inside in the park for it. But had everything. It was the one game that I felt I needed a little bit of a lie down after it this year yeah. I, it just it was an emotional roller coaster. <laughs> it really was yeah, yeah. for somebody with no skin in the game 
like like near the end you were roaring like I just wanted that game to go to extra time so much it yeah. was just there, oh, there was a lot a lot of things I, I liked about it again I have a different view on it like a lot of like, comparisons to a lot of people because obviously I'm, I'm working on it um, but the build up to it I thought was like nothing I'd ever seen ahead of a quarter final of a championship I, I can't remember that scale of excitement ahead of just a, a Kilkenny championship quarter final there's been some big ones in the past but for me not not in a long time um, and then on top of that you, you have that as you mentioned Eddie it was the new it was the challengers against the champions really and there was a feeling of either the Shamrocks are going to show us again why they're the greatest of them all or it's going to come to an end here at that point I, I, I thought the Shamrocks would win the county title if they won that match they didn't obviously in the end but that was how I felt at the time Um and it was funny in a way because even though Dixborough lost, it felt like both of those things rung true. It felt like the Borough had proven themselves to be the next team coming and the Shamrocks had proven themselves to be the greatest all at once, irrespective of the result. And the game, as you said, just if you look at the game in isolation, irrespective of everything else besides, was just, it was the closest thing to an inter-county game in the club scene I'd seen in, in a, in a yeah, while Yeah it is and, and, and you're, you're bang on what you said like in the championship this year I called it Dixburg win the championship I was yeah. one of these people that was calling that when they lost that day I remember talking to you the following day and I said it to you I said you know, I've lost nothing in defeat here yeah. you know they've literally been carried off the pitch on their, on their shields you lost nothing in defeat two weeks ago when O'Loughlin Gales beat the Shamrocks they yeah. were carried off the pitch in their shields I think for me it's, it, it's the proper game of the year people have different opinions they'll say different things if you're an O'Loughlin Gales fan the game of the year was definitely going to be the county final last week yeah. but as a neutral and for, for, for all the entertainment and all that side of it definitely I think I think we're on the right one here and I think with this one it was also with the greatest respects to the county final I think you described it there off air as a bit of a game of chess Eddie and it was kind of one point for O'Loughlin's one point for the Shamrocks and the Shamrocks did get a bit of a lead but then O'Loughlin's reeled them back in you're kind of wondering which way it would go which is great but you know there was never sort of there was a there were periods in that game where the Shamrocks started so fast, and then the Borough came back and got about ten nine or ten points in a row. Yep. I think, and you're thinking the Shamrocks are gone here; they're gone down to fourteen men. And then the Shamrocks came back, and you think the Shamrocks have, it. and then the Borough are coming back up the other end. You think the Borough are going to turn this around right at the death? You just it just toed and froed to such an extent that you could not keep your eyes off it or no. keep your ears off it if you were listening in. And that for me is why it was the best game of the year. Agreed. And for match of the year, we're now on to our shouts this year, Eddie. Um, particularly our worst shouts this year, which there are a few to select from, it has to be said. Although we did get more right than wrong, I would like to think. Um, worst shout of the year, I'll call your one, first of all. Um, there's a few, as I said. <laughs> Bennett's Bridge have no chance against Tullerone. Yeah. How, how do you feel about that about six weeks on? Yeah, <laughs> I think at the time... Um, it was a pretty brain dead statement from me looking back <laughs> <laughs> looking, looking back at the result um, what had happened was and you know what blind faith will get you nowhere sometimes yeah, Tullerone's season this year was disappointing oh yeah you know not just that they went out in the first round but it was actually a disappointing league campaign as well and probably was it the most disappointing of the lot do you think yep um, it would be for me Um it genuinely would and their, their, their season really pittered out when there would have been a team I would have had in the semi-final Bennett's Bridge on the other hand and I remember you even said to me you seem to be awful confident that Bennett's Bridge are going to lose because and I'd said to you the, the reason I was saying that was Bennett's Bridge had beaten Shamrock's Bally Hill it was at the game they were fantastic I thought here we go Yeah. then they went out the following week and got beaten and I said 
no, these lads are goosed because they're not getting any momentum. They're not able to build up. Then they go out and they beat Tuller on. But anyway, shout of the year, I did say, and actually I think word for word was, I, I said, first of all, I said, yeah, I'm going to go for Bennett's Bridge to lose this game. Tuller on to win comfortably. And then, of course, because I'm not content to just stay in that and leaving it that, I came back in later on in the same podcast and said, actually, readdress this. They're, they're 100% going to win the game. <laughs> so, comfortably the worst shout of the year. Good spot by you. Yeah. Uh, and I'll, I'll take that. There is other shouts. I did say to you the very first podcast of the year that Bally Hale wouldn't win the championship. And if yeah. I just shut up then, I was laughing. But yeah, I finished yeah. it off because and I said, because Dixborough will, because I'm such a cocky idiot. Um, so that yes. was my worst shout, of which there was many. I'm going to take that one on the chin. Bennett's Bridge will 100% be beaten by Tullerone. Makes me look a right mug now. It does. Your uh, worst shout of the year, Robert, of which there was millions. But the one millions. that was... Yeah, well, oh, millions. I would say in well, every that, podcast that's fair, rational and logical. Uh, minimum. So what I would say is your worst shout of the year, and it was a consistent shout, you literally took this from the start of the podcast <laughs> right through. I'm half expecting you to tell me that there's an objection after being lodged by well, Dane's Ford and Aaron's own need to be relegated. So you had said in every single round of the championship this year that Aaron's home were getting relegated. I did. No matter who played bad and I said to you, oh, they could be in relegation trouble, you went, yeah, Aaron's owner there. Yeah, there's no defence to that. <laughs> No, there isn't. So I don't know how you uh, navigate your way around Comer now. What? I don't. I don't go near it, Eddie. It's, it's on the border, but I don't go near it. My mother's from there as well. Um, yeah, I thought Aaron's going to go down. I definitely, <laughs> I definitely think they're going down in 2024 now that Thomas Town are up, but we won't get into that. But I just thought, I thought Dean's Fort would do a Bally Callan on it, if that makes sense. And they were kind of... Their results weren't proving it, but their performances were suggesting that they were getting better week on week, despite the fact they were losing week on week. And that come the relegation final, their mindset would have been like, we are in a relegation final weeks in advance, whereas it wouldn't have been the same for Aaron's own. And that slight little bit of a kind of strength and mentality would see um, Danes Ford just about get over the line in the relegation final. That was my whole theory. And it fell apart in the relegation final. I wouldn't say it fell apart. It was very tight. But um, I did. I strongly backed Darren's own to go down. And they strongly proved me wrong. So fair play to them. I think, as you said, Conor Fogarty really did lead that team in the last uh, in that relegation final against Danes Ford. It, it, that was very tight, we should remember. But yeah, 100% got that one wrong. So uh, that was my biggest boo-boo this year, as was... Uh, Tolerone for yourself. So, ah, yeah, you can't get them all right, Eddie. Uh, you can't, but ones that we did get right, Rob. We'll start with you. The, uh, the bridge is the obvious one for me, I think. Because you were so adamant that they weren't a team that would go far. I think you, <laughs> you, I think you probably thought they were maybe a Clara or a... Mullen of or something like that no. that would be gone in the first round No what um, I did think was I was I was adamant that the four best teams in Kilkenny in my opinion are Dixborough yeah. O'Loughlin Gales yeah. Shamrocks Ballyhale and Tullerone But then I'd say you would have had the village above the bridge yeah Yeah and that's it then the bridge would be next Do you get no, me? I don't think so no. You, you would have had Glenmore at that point No uh, they were probably going very well in the league and that's why you'd maybe but no it was the very first Podcast was very first. Podcast I think, I think if Mullinavat played Bennis Bridge in a first round championship game, you'd have Mullinavat at that point in the season. Yeah, I would have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think there's about seven or eight teams that have a head. Look, bridge. fair enough. There's no point in weighing in about. Oh, no, I I just just say, look, just, look how right I, I am. Look, like, I'm obviously you're being a big baby. <laughs> yeah, you were right. They got to the semi finals. Fair juice. And Bennis Bridge are an excellent team. No two ways around it. You got that right. Yeah. I said the four best teams in Kilkenny were Dixborough, O'Loughlin Gales, Shamrocks, Bally Hale, and Tullerone. I think I'm right with three of them. 
think you could still be right before could be. going into twenty twenty four. Not this year, obviously. Mm. Um, but yeah, I think I think that's pretty close. The, the ones, the ones I suppose I I did call that I got right yeah. this year. What was the one you were the most happy or the most happiest with? Um, changing the tunner in the junior then halfway through the championship <laughs> no look there was none you see you're never going to be happy I predicted all the relegations and that's not something that you'd be happy about I said Danes Fort would go down in the senior I said oh Lachlan Gales would go down in intermediate you know, yeah, yeah. You, know you don't you don't want to be getting them right ah, yeah, um, you do, don't you Let's I think with the exception of Dixborough the other teams I predicted all got the county finals mm. um, you know but I think the biggest the one I was and it's not that I'd be happiest about the one the show I think that we got the most right was the lead up to the county final the backing of O'Loughlin Gales in the county final. Okay. Um, I thought that was, I know people would say, oh, well, you were backing against the Shamrocks all year, but it wasn't that, you know, O'Loughlin Gales were three to one. I couldn't believe it at the time that they were three to one uh, in that. Yeah. Um, and I think I think it was a good shout. And I actually think that day on the radio, we had five different analysts on it and all five went for O'Loughlin Gales, like, which will tell you where we were. I looked at the other analysts and other predictions I've seen around the place and I didn't see too many tipping O'Loughlin Gales for that win so that probably showed you how many games we were at and what we were seeing but um, you know the other thing I will say and I'm really proud of this shout but maybe someone will tell me you, Stevie Wonder would have spotted it the first week I seen O'Loughlin Gales playing I told you that their half back line was the best half back line I'd seen in Club Hurling mm. and every single week these lads proved me right mm. and they actually got better and and by the end of the championship I was listening to everybody talking about O'Loughlin Gales half back line first round second round third round I wasn't listening to anybody talking about them I told nice. you the first week the very first game I seen O'Loughlin Gales playing, I rang you straight after it. We were talking on the way yeah. for the podcast, and I said, "These, these lads have an unbelievable half back line," yeah. and it ended up being the catalyst for their team. I think this year was that half. Oh line. yeah, that was the whole foundation. Really, they were built upon. Is there any call that you made where you think it's not too bad, but I really shouldn't have made it? I shouldn't have said Bennett's Bridge were one hundred percent going to lose. That was pretty thick. <laughs> but that was bad, though. You know what I mean? Like, silly. No Dixborough as well. You know. You know, I was one of the people that was putting more pressure on Dixborough. They didn't need all that pressure to be heaped on them, and there was pre- pressure. Like people don't say it. Oh, you're being tipped to win. I seen that with my own club this year, uh, Bagnestown. Like I seen that with us. We went into a game one week where everyone was tipping us to win, and I was looking at it going, "Where are these people going? Where are they getting this? Like, yeah, yeah. Do you know, how are we favourites? And we were, and we got beaten by. We got beaten quite comprehensively. But I, I'm convinced that in some cases, my players probably started to to read into that um, I, I, I think I was a bit unfair on, on Dixborough calling them out and saying 100% going to win championships and all that um, they didn't need that pressure to be heaped on them but and saying that Eddie Scally didn't cost them the championship but at the same time I still think my shout early in the year on Dixborough winning the championship I, I probably regret throwing all my eggs at them but at the same time I actually think that they, they, for long periods of the year this year I thought I'm absolutely nailed on here. I'm going to look like a right mm. genius come the end of the championship. The the one that I would be a bit frustrated with was <laughs> probably the, the two. Yeah, Aaron, but the two <laughs> relegations in the sense that I think I just had in me head this is what I'm going with. But really, if it was to look at it in a more objective and logical fashion, I think you knew what you were doing, and I probably would just like driving at home that would be the Fenians and Aaron's own because they've been battling it for so long rather than just looking at it plainly this year and I should have came to the estimation that both of those teams weren't the worst teams in their respective grades so that would be the one I'd be frustrated with the one that I was just thinking of you would you be frustrated with going with Liz Downey I would because I tell you what happened was <laughs> like from the outset I thought Thomas and were going to win the championship 
Yeah. And I was sick of predicting Thomas Town to win the championship and Thomas Town not win the championship. And then I was so thrilled when they did win the championship. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then, uh, like, I'll be more be predicting them to win the senior championship next year or whatever. No. But just the semi final. Yeah, result. look, look, I, I kind of had it in my own head. Thomas Town to win the championship this year. There's no two ways around it. Mm. Like I did. Um, I picked Liz Downey just for the crack when I should have picked Thomas Town. Um, and the other one I will say to you, and this is being honest and this is straight. When I looked at the call light of the day after it, I should never have went against Tuller or Ross Birkin to win the junior championship. I had forgotten Tuller because they got knocked out of the championship so early the year previously. Yeah. Tuller or Ross Birkin, and I've said this on so many occasions, no team has given me the hardship that Tuller or Ross Birkin have given in club games. They have abs- I've been on the wrong end of awful beatings off them. Yeah. I know how good they are. And I, I actually should have had Tuller or Ross Birkin 100% and I should have had... Um, Thomas down 100% and I'm not just saying that now yeah. I 100% should have been backing them to the high hills didn't I did cop it about three in the quarter final stage I said to you I made a mistake here Tuller are going to win that championship they're going to be very close to it but I stuck with my, my original and the same with Thomas down but at least got the colours right yeah certainly did uh, no it's an interesting one one that can go on for a long long time but we'll leave it at that uh, in that respective way um, biggest surprise of the year then Eddie so this is kind of a team or a player even if you want or just a moment that happened that or performed well over a period of time that you didn't think was going to happen at the start of the championship. Well fucking Tuller on not beating Bainsbridge. <laughs> <laughs> I suppose I got to start right there. Oh my god. My god. Tuller on not beating Bainsbridge. Yeah, you're still you're clearly suffering from some form no. of post traumatic stress syndrome. I'd be straight with you. I'll tell you the, the biggest shock for me this year was Tuller on. I I genuinely genuinely felt Tullerone. You really had it all in for Tullerone, didn't you? It, well, you know, it was just O'Loughlin Gales did what I thought they'd do. Yeah. I said they were a top four team. They won the championship. Yeah, they were very Shamrocks, Belly Hale, top four team. They they got the county final. Almost won the championship. Digsborough, top four team, got beaten in the tightest game of the season in a monumental fight with the Shamrocks. Yeah. Tullerone limped through the championship and limped out of it. And that for me would be the biggest disappointment. I don't want to weigh into them and say this happened or this happened. Biggest I don't know surprise. What. Is that the biggest surprise? I think yeah. it is, yeah. Because yeah. I wasn't I wasn't shocked to see Dane's Fork getting relegated. I wasn't shocked to see O'Loughlin Gales win the championship. I'd be some liar if I told you here I'm stunned that O'Loughlin Gales won. I told you in the first week they're in the top four teams in the county. One of them's going to win the championship. They did. So for me, Tullerone's underperformance was was the biggest shock in the year to me. Yeah. I have two. I think Glenmore. Brilliant chap. I just didn't see that coming at all. To no. top that group was, Super. was incredible. When you think about the Shamrocks were in it. The village were in it. The bridge were in it. Yeah. Um, I know they were. They were excited. Aaron and Ballycast. So the three to four semi finalists and two of last year's finalists and obviously the All Ireland champions and they topped that group, which is just phenomenal in my opinion. Um, so I think that probably won't be remembered as much because it happened earlier in the season. But that was a huge surprise. I didn't yeah. see that coming at all. I thought they'd be bottom two, if I'm being honest with you, along with Comer. Um And the second one, Greg Ballycallan, because it can be easily forgotten how awful they were last year and I don't think it's too harsh a word to use they lost every game except for the relegation final which to be fair shows tremendous character and spirit within the team but before all of that showed how poor they were and and I just thought I didn't think they'd go down obviously because I thought Aaron Zone would go down but I really did think they were going to, to struggle and actually I probably thought they'd be in the bottom two instead of Glenmore but you know, to, to make a quarter final and to probably be really disappointed with only getting as far as a quarter final because of their performance against the village, one year on from basically doing the great escape, 
Yeah. That is... That's arguably the most improved team of the year, or one of them anyway, for they, sure. They definitely are one of the most improved teams. The most improved team of the year is the Lachlan Gales. Ah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> but, but, I know, I take your point totally, and, and you're right. Um, the other thing I will say on the Greg Ballycallan thing, you club hurling, you can't look at last year for any guide. It's all can on you the, not? No. no. Because I can tell you now, the Greg Ballycallan team, all their younger players have started coming to the fore. Greg Ballycallan will improve again next year. Now, I'm not saying they'll improve to get to a semi-final or be in a final, but they'll be stronger for it next year. Um, Ronnie had made a point a couple of months ago, and he just said about the year that they got promoted, there was a fear within the club that they might have got promoted a little bit too early. Mm. And you've heard that about Dane's fourth, they got promoted a little bit too early. Not going to happen, yeah. Thomastown are getting promoted now when all of their team is at their peak. This is the dream stuff. Yeah. Like what happened with Tullerone. Tullerone came up when they were all... Mm. There was no... You know, there was no fear that they were going to be a little bit shy or a bit kiddie or... No, I think... Uh, I can see your point about Greg Ballycallan. I would say you judge teams on the season in front of you. Have a look at the team sheets. We have all the programmes from this year. Look at the start of next year's championship. Look at the programmes and you're going to find fellas that have gone travelling. Young lads will be a year older and, you know, there might be a sub this year because there are only kids getting runs every week or every other week. But, um, no, I can see I can see why you, why Greg Ballycallan's performances was a big surprise to you this season. Yeah. But at the same time, don't be surprised to see them improving further. Plus, they have an absolutely brilliant manager in Eugene Clunan and a great backroom team there as well. Um, do you know, so... I. I think Greg Ballycallan's a club on the up as well. A lot of young players coming through. Yeah, and I'll tell you another thing about Ballycallan that I think is very important in the club game. And I might be wrong, Eddie. Uh, you can correct me if I am. Obviously, being involved in it for so many years, and somebody told me this, so it's not my line of thinking. But I would have thought it anyway. Prior, there's a big difference in the club game between 22 and 23, and the the reason for that is a lot of 22 year olds are in college and a lot of 23-year-olds aren't. And there's a lot of 23-year-olds, because I know, because I went to school with them or would have been their age, in that Greg Ballycallan team, the likes of Tommy Rowan that you mentioned, Tom Dunphy, others as well, Sean Ryan, that have massively improved their individual performances this year, and that's led to Ballycallan improving. And you do college, ultimately, uh, things happen in it, shall we say, that maybe don't happen when you're out of it. See, this is it, and it's not even just the college thing is a massive yoke because the social aspect in college. Like, I, I had lads when we we're preparing for a county final that were away in college when we were training midweek. It's not ideal. No. You know, you want them at home, you want them training with you, but they have to go to college. And it's about having the group around you and you're pushing on together. But I just think this is why I'm saying to you, you can only take the club championship in its year, in the current year. You know, don't read anything into next year's championship based on this year's championship. And I mean that. Don't read anything into it because I'm telling you, next year's championship will throw up its own different conundrums. It'll be its own different things. Ballyhale were the team this year that every spoke about Shamrocks have lost seven players or eight players gone travelling. James Stevens lost three or four players to go travelling. <clears throat> they all come back. Yeah. You're different teams. And likewise, teams get a little bit older. Dane's fourth, if they could have managed to stay there this year, they could have been a force next year because all these younger lads will be a year older. Anthony Arlen Wall, Aina Caseda, all these fellas to be a year older. So look, it's 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 not simple, but I think you know Greg Ballycallan, big improvement, and I, and I think fair fair point to you to to knock that out. Um, who is winning the senior championship in twenty twenty four? Really? Yeah. You're asking me this now? Yeah. After me just telling you that, that yeah. first Shamrock's Bally Hale. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> so I think they're all going to come back, are they? And just they might. Um, if they don't, they won't. Um, if they don't, 
they won't it's as simple as that they're going to need everybody back mm. if they want to because well, Lachlan Gale's going to taste for it I'd be more interested in seeing who's going to win this year's Leinster Championship now than who's going to win the Kilkenny Club Championship I next wouldn't. year but anyway I, I just find I, I think do, do you enjoy the but we're going to go on to the Leinster Championships now do you enjoy it as much as the Club Championship um, do I enjoy it as much as the Club Championship I'd be lying if I said I did Yeah. Um, now in saying that I'll go to the old Lachlan Gale games um, and, I'll, and I'll cheer them on as well as a Kilkenny team representing yeah. Kilkenny or I'll go to the Thomastown game I can't go to Thomastown on Saturday because of racing and going yeah. um, I'd love to go to that game actually the Thomastown Clubon game mm. um, and then of course Tuller or Ross Burke and I've been at most of their games this year as well yeah. I'll, I'll happily enjoy them journeys you know and do you know what there's fecking loads of room on these bandwagons um, <laughs> if one of these Especially teams will, come out of it. if one of these win in all Ireland I could be on a stage with a microphone doing the Brendan Hennessy <laughs> Right, we will preview them then because, as I said at the start of the podcast, there are three Kilkenny teams out this weekend in the Junior Championship quarterfinal. This, is, of course, is all in the Leinster Championship. Um, Cole Shanahoe take on Tuller Ross Birkin in the Leash Centre of Excellence. At the same time, down in Bellafield in Enniscorthy uh, in Macaulay Park, that is Thomastown go up against Clabon. Um that game will be live on KCLR in the intermediate quarterfinal and then on Sunday another game live on KCLR at half past three in Netwatch Cullen Park Kilkenny Champions O'Loughlin Gales take on Carlow Champions Mount Leinster Rangers and what for me is a very mouth-watering tie and the tie of the weekend um, we'll go chronologically and start with the junior I suppose first Eddie uh, Tuller Ross Birkin uh, how do you see that going uh, they, they, of course you were on commentary for their first round win yeah the first round win was it was it was it was how do you say it without being insulting to everybody else it was the first round easy uh, easy is not the word no no this is like Tuller Ross Birkin taking on the Tuller Ross Birkin under 12s team it was men against oh, well, boys I thought, yeah. you, I thought you were going to say nothing is easy no no was this was easy it actually was easy yeah no there wasn't a glove laid on them at all um, yes. that was, do you know what it was though I was saying it to Lance St. Patrick's at Wicklow of course it was an ideal preparation for oh, a team yeah. that had been on the beer all week yeah yeah um, or on the Cokes or Seven Ups or Orange whatever they were doing until it didn't matter um, they're, they're, they're tuned in their manager wasn't happy with the performance there was lots of things they can prove and I think they scored 6-19 or 6-20 um, I wouldn't have been too overly tough on them but um, they're coming up against Shanahoe and I'm not going to disrespect the Junior Championship but I'll be straight with you Kilkenny teams in the Junior Championship you need to be wary of the Wexford team and the Dublin team but you should be dispatching of all the other counties like that's simple yeah it's not that simple like we nearly got beaten by Ringtown and Westmead mm. last year but we shouldn't have been yeah. uh, we shouldn't have been in that position we were 7 or 8 points up and cruising and we took our foot off the gas I expect Tuller I know nothing about Shanahoe and I could find out next week that they've 9 of the Leafs senior hurling team I don't think they have um, and I expect Tuller to come out of there with a win and a, and a comfortable one at that okay. um, maybe 5 or 6 points easy enough win do you, do you have a kind of anything in your head around how far Tuller are going to go or is it depend on who they meet no Tuller I think will they have what it takes to win they win I have to correct the thing as well see because I've always been putting in Connor Hennessy as one of the young players and Donnie O'Connor <laughs> as one of the old players and they're the same age I believe yeah um, so that's a bit funny isn't it well, they're all they're, they're in the middle bank yeah. Pat Hart is in the older section with Wally Donica and Connor and the lads are in the middle section yeah. and then down the bottom you have the Marty and his brother Larry Lar- Murphy yeah. and them for this they're the younger kids but Tuller are going to win Leinster Definitely, in your opinion. Yeah, I think they will, yeah. I think they will win Leinster. And I think after that, the problem is them snakes down in Cork with their structures Uh, and their championships. A team that Munkheim beat in an All-Ireland final two years ago, played in the All-Ireland final again this year, you know? Yeah, yeah. 
I don't know Cork could have you could go down and find Sarsfields from Cork <laughs> yes, playing them yeah, yeah, so yeah, yeah. it's all down to what them snakes do there and Galway's champions will be struggling will be a difficult team to overcome I think the Dublin champions this year commercials were an exceptional team at that level for Dublin yeah so I think that was a blip that year and I'm not sure who won the junior championship in Wexford I'm not going to be arrogant and say oh them this team or that team but I don't know who won it but I thought Hores Wood were very good last year in the junior championship from Wexford so I'd be wary of the Wexford champions coming through Wexford Club Hurling is strong and the Dublin champions but I think Tullaher should from what I've seen Tullaher are more than capable of winning Leinster and we'll see where it goes from there OK so going for Tuller Ross Birkin this weekend Thomas Town against Club On again half past one as I said it is live on KSLR if people are interested in it um, down in Enniscorty uh, you mentioned there on the junior side of things that Kilkenny teams shouldn't be fearful of Wexford teams but certainly should um, respect be them. ready for them and yeah. respect them uh, how tough a t- test will this be for Noel Doherty's team Club On Club On are um, Club On I'd said to you before about Club On they're kind of a not, 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 I don't hate saying the phrase yo-yo like, but they are a bit they're senior, intermediate, senior, intermediate they come up and down they won't okay. be intermediate for long they're back up in senior now obviously Eddie but they never. They might stay in senior for two years and end up back down in intermediate right. again you know they're that type of team um, this is wrought now with with, 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 with minefields out here for, for Thomastown Thomastown on their day are well capable of winning this game and well, capable of winning it comfortably but this Clubon team in Belfield which they'll know inside out Belfield is the second ground or the third ground for the Wexford team it's a massive pitch big setup in there it's, it's a lovely place to watch a match actually you can actually go up to the bar and watch it out the window um, you're the length of the field looking straight out from the bar inside so if, if it's cold you're sitting there having a pint yeah. <laughs> looking out the window but um, no Clubon's team Conal Flood will be inside the full forward line he's a former Wexford senior hurler absolute brilliant hurler yeah, know the name, yeah. Harry Kyo he'll be wing forward or corner forward again former Wexford hurler he'll take a bit of minding Barry Carton he could be anywhere full back centre back another Wexford hurler and they have a young lad in midfield a witty chap he's exceptional and the one thing for anyone that's travelling down to the game that's listening to this podcast wait till you see these Clubon's goalkeepers puck outs Stinger he's known as this lad will land the puck out on the opposition 14 if there's a wind he can shoot from puck outs oh this now I am telling you the, these puck outs are going to be like missiles coming down on top of Thomas Down. and what will happen late in the game is they'll push Harry Kew and Connell Flood up inside and he will just pepper that goal with them puck outs so I expect Thomas Down to win the game because I know how good Thomas Down are but club on the, the aforementioned players that I've named there obviously the obvious ones to me are the county lads these are a very good team. Um, Thomastown to win, just be wary for the Stingers pokeouts because they are missiles. Right. Okay. Thomastown to win, Tuller Ross Birkin to win, Mount Leinster Rangers and the Lachlan Gales Sunday at half past three in Netwatch Cullen Park. Expect a big crowd. Expect a big crowd to be listening in on KCLR as well because I don't believe this game's on the television. Um, is this going to be tight? No. A lot of people in Kilkenny think it's going to be very one-sided in favour of O'Loughlin's a lot of people in Carroll think it's going to be very one-sided in favour of Mount Leinster they do, Rangers yeah. what do you think more I importantly <laughs> um, I, I swear to God Mount Leinster Rangers and I'm not on about the team now the, the, they are I was chatting to a fella on the way in here to do the podcast I rang him about something else and he just said it to me in passing who do you fancy in the Rangers O'Loughlin Gales game and I said O'Loughlin Gales and he said uh, JZ I think you have this wrong Rangers he said are flying I said, all right, fair enough. Now, they played Ballygunner a couple of weeks ago in a friendly, lost by four points, Mount Leinster Rangers. But I'm going to tell you now, Mount Leinster Rangers haven't played a competitive hurling match in about eight, nine, 12, 12 weeks. I think that's right, yeah, isn't it? it 12 or 13 12 weeks. weeks. 12 or 13 weeks yeah. since they played a competitive hurling match. 
the first 15 minutes of this game Mount Leinster Rangers are going to be under backs because O'Loughlin Gales played a competitive hurling match two weeks ago is that the winning of the game then? yeah well no no the winning of the game isn't just that it's a massive help though yeah. it really is a massive help O'Loughlin Gales playing championship hurling two weeks ago yeah. and Mount Leinster Rangers are playing friendlies and the lads can say what they like oh Mount Leinster Rangers ran Bally Gunner quite close in a friendly it's a friendly I think where the problem is Mount Leinster Rangers are a very good team um, like Owen O'Shea say Owen O'Shea starts centre forward for yeah. just say for him sake, he starts centre Kevin MacDonald will be more likely centre back for Mount Leinster Rangers yeah. Kevin MacDonald plays a Richie Reid tile role if he's left with the freedom of the field Kevin MacDonald will destroy you he's a fantastic player the sledge there Dermot Burns absolutely brilliant player Chris Nolan given space savage hurler Donna, um, Donna Murphy inside another savage hurler like the Fee Griffiths Fee Griffiths in midfield excellent Teddy Joyce if Ted's yeah. if he's fit and he's ready to go McCordy's yeah they, they have all these players hmm. but what I sit down and do sometimes is a mark out against out so Chris Nolan Hugh Lawler Hugh Lawler's going to win that battle is Chris Nolan going to be on Hugh Lawler well if, 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 if you do what I was saying to you a couple of weeks ago and you pick the player you don't want to touch the ball he better not go in on Hugh Lawler. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? That'd be just... For me, if Chris Nolan starts a full forward... But then where do you put Chris Nolan? Do you want him to be picked up by Mikey Butler? He has to play somewhere. And, this I, is and he'll back himself, Chris he will. Nolan. Chris Nolan won't be full... If Chris Nolan goes full forward, I'd be backing Hugh Lawler all day long. But if he plays out the field, and I was Brian Hogan, I'd be putting Mikey Butler on him. But the problem you have is, I think the backs for all Auckland Gales are so strong that in the matchups they could they could go to town here and win all them matchups. Yeah. And then the line in the the line that you could get at a little bit of Mountain Leinster Rangers, and I mean this is in, with all respect, if I was playing Mountain Leinster Rangers tomorrow, it's the full back line I'd be targeting there. And they have Ohm, Ohm Wall inside, Paddy Butler, Sean Bulger. You know, you need Ohm Wall firing this time. You need Ohm Wall getting on balls and getting goals. And maybe it is a maybe it is a day for Connor Kelly to start or Luke Hogan to start. I don't know. Like, do you know what I mean? It's 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 an option for but could a short story shorter. Um, I can see nothing other than an O'Loughlin Gales win because really? they'll strangle the energy out of the game and I think Mount Leinster Rangers will struggle to get scores Does home advantage count for anything here? It would in Carlow because you play Mount Leinster Rangers would have played every single round of the championship in Netwatch Cullen Park yeah, really. so it does a little bit um, plus Netwatch Cullen Park it feels like a tight pitch when you're in there it's it Nolan Park very, yeah it's very tight it, it does have that feel now it's like you'll be told it's the same size as Nolan Park but I always find Nolan Park feels bigger Netwatch Cullen Park do you ever hear someone saying to you it feels like a Gaelic pitch instead of a hurling pitch yeah I don't know why <clears throat> sometimes in Gaelic counties the pitches feel that little bit smaller mm. and I, I always feel inside Netwatch Cullen Park it just feels that bit tighter than in Nolan Park feels that bit bigger and then the atmosphere in Netwatch Cullen Park Mount Leinster Rangers come with a they come with a fairly big they band they bring a band yeah yeah, yeah no, that will be one bandwagon I won't be on um, <laughs> but they do they come with huge support um, O'Loughlin Gales come with a fair support as well I see they're running buses down to Carlow from the clubhouse I know they've uh, under 19 or under 20 county semi-final against Tullerone yeah I think. they won the league there recently yeah, they're, they're playing under 19 it's either under 19s or under 21 I think it's yeah. under 19s they're playing in a county semi-final on Sunday and then the buses are all heading straight down so it'll be a great day out for the club or a disaster of a day yeah that's true um, but no I'm going to say like I right I'll, here comes one of the mad shouts now okay Mountain Lens Rangers will struggle to score more than 12 points Jesus and that's where they're going to be caught 12 points I think that's where they'll be caught I think it'll be very difficult to break down Ballyhale only scored 19 points against these lads these are yeah. serious if they come with that intensity 
they're going to be very hard to break down. Now, Lachlan Gales aren't going to score 527 or anything either now. No. I'm not saying they're going to. The problem is, I think Lachlan Gales will be able to strangle the Mount Leinster Rangers threats. The only thing I will say about Mount Leinster Rangers, and I've learned the hard way, is their half back line are excellent. Like like Lachlan Gales' half back line, the Mount Leinster Rangers' half back line are well capable of scoring from distance. Yeah. It'd be an interesting game, Lachlan Gales, for me. To win 13 12. No, like 21 or 21. 22. Yeah, by about eight or nine points, is it? Okay. I'll I'm go nodding with, for I'll anyone. Go, I'll go with O'Loughlin Gales, but two score win. No more than six points, I think. Tight game. <laughs> okay. You're such a. Oh. <laughs> I'll just keep it nice and tight. You know, I, I have to represent both sides here. Anyway, I'm representing know? both sides. I'm going to have to ah, face yeah. Mount Leinster Rangers in the championship next you year. Do, yeah, I'm yeah. not writing them off and I'm not slagging them or anything like that for one second. No way am I. Well, they're coming up against the Kilkenny County Champions, so it's a very fair analysis. It's the very same. Last week you asked me about Kilmacook Crokes against. Yeah. and I told you there was only 1 million percent only going to be one outcome in this yeah. game and I said you said tight game and I said no they'll be absolutely obliterated yeah. and now they weren't I actually think that they only lost by what was it one one eleven or one twelve? One twelve to 4 points yeah. well, it was near the end Kilmer could have got all the scores didn't they really they were always going to though because they were going to see yeah. it out I think <clears throat> I think and the other thing as well is I bet you you want they won't admit to this now you mark my words Mount Leinster Rangers have been prepping for the last 7 weeks to play but Oh. Oh, I was right. Do you think so? Do I think so? I don't know. I'm I think they're just being prepping for what? the first round. No, but it's, it's, it's not as simple as that. So if you put in a game plan to prepare to play Shamrock's Bally Hale, what are you doing? You're looking at their half forward line and you're saying we need to be tight in our half back line. We need to put all the pressure on their half forward. Isn't that what you're thinking? Ah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so now you're going up to play O'Loughlin Gales and where's the problems? We can't hit balls on top of their half back line. We have to work it out through their half forward line. We have to get by that half back line. We can't put high balls in on top of Hugh Lawler. How many times have you heard people saying this year about Shamrock's Ballyhale hit the target their full back line? There, there might be a bit of a gap in that full. You've heard this. Like, yeah, I'm not, yeah, yeah. Are you going to drive balls down on top of Mikey Butler and Hugh Lawler and Tony Forrestal? No. So now your game plan has been altered. So, in my opinion, I would, I would imagine. Mount Leinster Rangers in the back of their minds would have been thinking we're going to be playing more than likely Shamrock's Ballyhale and you're going to pick up TJ you're going to pick up Adrian Mullen you're going to pick up Owen Cody we're going to keep the ball away from this area of the field and the whole lot and now they've had 14 days to reevaluate and swap things around and stuff but the lack of championship hurling for the last 14 weeks is a massive negative I think the reason it'll be close and I genuinely think it'll be close is because Mount Leinster Rangers have won the county title and all of that is out of their system and for the last however many weeks they have been solely focused on one thing and that's a quarter final irrespective of whether they thought it would be the Shamrocks or not for O'Loughlin Gales if the season stopped now it's been a great season whereas for obviously it's the same for Mount Leicester Rangers but they won't feel that there's not the immediate aftermath of it which there will be still with O'Loughlin Gales they've won the county title against all odds really if we're talking about the Stockton Gales won six in a row I, I see your point O'Loughlin Gales will not will not say they had a great season if they get knocked out next Sunday but it doesn't matter whether they say it or not it's what they're thinking they won't be thinking it do you not think so? No. I think, Gales I think will some be looking, of the individual players will be thinking my god we've actually won the Kilkenny no, County title now they'll be thinking my god I love a shot Bally Gunner 
not even Nafina, not even Mount Nelson Rangers. That's how far ahead they'd be thinking. You don't want to get carried away either. And and, and I mean this as well, because I guarantee you someone will say to me, oh, you're writing off Mount Nelson Rangers and all that. It's not that I'm doing no. that. I'm actually just saying, I think O'Loughlin Gales are much... Are, I think if Mount Nelson Rangers had played O'Loughlin Gales the week after Mount Nelson Rangers had won the senior title, I think it would be a much tighter affair. You said when you were with the Blacks and Whites last year that you regretted maybe not not having as much of a go at the Leinster Championship as you could have had. Yeah. yeah. But that ultimately the season was a success. Do you not think that could be O'Loughlin's, even subconsciously here, where they're like, we've won the one we wanted to win. No, not when you've got five or six inter-county players players on your team. Your manager is Brian Hogan. You know, your backroom team includes people like Mickey Cumber who are involved with the Kilkenny Senior Hurling team. Mm. These would be, as Paddy O'Shea would say, like these are animals. Like They're not going to sit in their hands. It was different for us with blacks and whites. You have to remember, our main goal was to get the intermediate and we did that. You know, our parish was... Was Is this not Lachlan's main goal already achieved? Should have already senior. They just won the senior challenge. just wanted to win that though, let's be honest. If you tell them, told them on the, before the first round against Tullerone, yeah. all you're going to do this year is win the county final. To be delighted. Yeah. But I can tell you now, they've done that. Now go down to the clubhouse and tell them all you're going to win is the county final and see what you get. These no, lads are wired in. No. I know they are you'll focused. Know. What'll happen is next week you'll be saying to me on the podcast you were bang on with your predictions again this week. Two score, two score. Uh, I'm not going to do the 100% one. Two score win for all Auckland. Okay, and I'm going to say... Eight or nine points. The biggest one I'm going to put on it is how restricted Mount Lance Range is going to be on the scoreboard. Yeah. That's some shout. I think it'll be a low score in a game, but I, I just don't see O'Loughlin's pulling away. I don't think they've smashed anybody this year, but I might be wrong. Yeah, they did. League final. James Stevens. Shield final. Shield final. Yeah, that's true. It's a nothing game, though, really, isn't it? They have it in them. Oh, they, they, I don't know I think O'Loughlin's winning the anyway, Robert, I'm going to have to face Mountain Rangers in the championship next year so I don't want to keep talking about Mountain Rangers uh, and O'Loughlin Gales general point we'll just finish on this Eddie uh, might finish on Hurler of the Year as well oh god yeah carry on do you want to do general point or Hurler of the Year point, we're, we're, we're doing this live ok general point uh, Leinster Championship All-Ireland Championship we're, I'm going to fly through this now it goes on really long uh, it feels like the lads the likes of Adrian Mullen and Cody TJ Reid when they were winning with the Shamrocks literally hurl all year round for about two or three teams between colleges club Kilkenny what have you hurling for cancer stuff all, the, all of this stuff um, do you like the way the club season is at the moment beyond the county championships in terms of the fact that it goes into January with yeah. all Ireland finals yeah in fairness to them they've, they've got a really good balance here now because the all Ireland finals I don't know if you remember maybe you're too much of a young boy St. Patrick's Day yeah so like that's a long season then I know it was only three or four years ago as well I'm only yeah. slagging but that was a really really long season and it yeah. was a really long season for specific teams so if you look at Derek Ling now the Carlo Hurling team are back training this weekend the Carlo football team are back training the last two weeks the Kilkenny Hurlers are back in right but who's not back in the O'Loughlin Gales players aren't yeah. back in so they're getting a breeder to go and play in the Leinster Championships. The Mount Leinster Rangers players aren't back in. They're getting a breeder to go and play in the Leinster Championships. So the point I'd say to you is it's actually, the structure is much better now. Um, I'd say they'd love to have it. They would love to have it that the All-Ireland Club finally played before Christmas. They'd love that. Yeah. But unfortunately, players aren't machines. They're not robots. So they need to get a bit of a break. I, the only The only thing I would say, and this is just me, I actually think that everything that could be done to run the All-Ireland Club Championships off before Christmas should be done. I think it's so unfair okay. on players 
You remember, you win an All-Ireland semi-final on the 17th of December. Yeah. And you get to really look forward. And I've heard these lads talking this gibberish. Oh, it's great old crack down on the pitch on Christmas morning. <laughs> we all went down and had a kickabout, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Ask me yeah. ours. St. Stephen's Day. Yeah. Open up that door at half ten in the morning. Let me in there and have a few pints. <laughs> but I think for the players to have that bit of a respite over Christmas. Now, I'm sure they do. But it's so many. It's, it's, it's going to be so managed. You know, if you ask TJ, TJ would be a bad example because he trains so hard all the time. But if you ask the Shamrocks Bally Hale lads, what was it like at Christmas? They'll tell you it's a novelty to go and train on Christmas morning, but they'll also tell you it's a bit of a pain in the hole sitting in St. Stephen's Day, New Year's Eve, you know, picking that one night that you might have a session. And Pat Hoban would have to manage that. He'd tell you this. Like, I'm, I'm sure there was a night over Christmas where they all met up and went for a few pints, but... It's not even that enjoyable because you know what's coming. Well, I, I always wonder about professional soccer players on Christmas Day like how boring is Christmas Day when you're just waiting for your Boxing Day or St. Stephen's Day soccer matches you know so I'd love to see the All-Ireland Club final played in December whatever had to be done to get that done so the players the likes of the O'Loughlin Gales and the Rangers players that when they're going back to the counties that they'll have had December to enjoy themselves the last of that month the first couple of weeks in January and go back in with the county then the third week in January in a way we all go together right. um, that's how I'd structure it it was it used to be way worse I remember Shamrock's Ballyhale out with us in Goran Park in March after they'd won in All-Ireland and they were going into Kilkenny then the Kilkenny mm, senior hurling yeah, team were doing yeah, something yeah. else and do you know it was it was just it was a long time Brian Cody wouldn't get a Shamrock's player until May like yeah um, do you know and that's that's not simple either and you know in, in fairness Derek Ling's going to have to manage that this year if O'Loughlin Gales do get a run in the Leinster Championship what he's going to we're all talking about will David Fogarty go in or yeah Dave Fogarty or will Jordan Malloy go in we're all talking about this but mm-hmm. none of these lads are going to be available to Derek Ling until O'Loughlin Gales have gone out of the Championship and then they're going to need a break yeah that's very true and the Walsh Cup could be over at that point so who knows Maybe hopefully the Walsh Cup is over it means O'Loughlin's made the All-Ireland final um, ok that's interesting Eddie what's probably more interesting to our listeners and to ourselves is the Hurler of the Year which I nearly forgot um, unforgivably uh, there's three nominations for this award David Fogarty as you just mentioned was one Paddy Deegan his O'Loughlin Gales teammate was another and then the great TJ Reid was the last one um, we both know the winner I announced the team you can announce the player of the year He's doing a drum roll for people that can't hear it. It's actually not bad, is it? It's not awful. It's not awful now. Well, eight out of ten. To be fair, um, and I think in the public vote, this guy was—he was pretty—he was—he was—he was was very, very well. The public love him. Yeah, he was very well backed, and I'm delighted for him. And it is O'Loughlin Gales flying wing back David Fogarty. Ah, yeah. A huge congratulations to David Fogarty. This is so well deserved. There'll be debate and all of this about the team of the year, and rightfully so, but player of the year, I mean, from that first game against Tullerone, the whole way through the league, into the Shield final, and then the championship, Mr. Consistency, and not like Mr. Consistency, seven and a half, eight out of ten, ten out of ten every single week. What a season for David Fogarty. Yeah, no, I think you've you've nailed it on the head there, Rob. There's no need to go into any more um, descriptions for him. He's he's had a brilliant year, as had TJ and 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 Paddy Deegan. They've, yeah, been, they've been absolutely brilliant all year as well. Um, there was lots of really good lads that missed out on that, didn't get into that last three. But I don't think anyone can have any argument for it. Um, he's been absolutely outstanding. I really look forward to seeing him playing at the weekend and seeing him playing throughout this Leinster Championship however far Lachlan Gales managed to go but more importantly I'd love to see him in a Kilkenny Senior Hurling jersey and see what he can bring to the party too but it's not a, it's what it's about is right now and right now 
he was the viewer's choice, the listener's choice, and in, in, in main, the panel's choice as well. I yeah. have to say, this is important to point this out, the public vote voted him in, but the panel vote pretty much nailed him on as well, didn't it? Yeah, yeah, 100%. Would you have him as your player of the year? Yeah. yeah. Um, it was, for me, it was him or, or like Jordan Malloy was very high up on it as well in my list personally, but I would have had Dev Fogarty as my earlier year and you. Yeah, I think it has to be. I think if the half-back is in contention, I know Paddy Dean's a half-back too, but I think then they're all they're the shoe-ins because to be in contention playing in that position, you have to be some player. Because the forwards, let's be honest, you know, you score 1-3, you score 1-4 in the game, everybody has their eyes on them. We had 47 late games this year with man of the match and all of them. I can guarantee you 80% or more were forwards that won man of the match. For David Fogarty to be a half-back and to be a shoe-in for a nomination would tell me that he's been the best player this year without exception yep he definitely he definitely is a deserver of it uh, TJ TJ had a remarkable year as well he was, he was okay at times wasn't he <laughs> he, he, was. <laughs> he, had, he, had a, he had a brilliant year as well but again and you could go on about all these players that had all these brilliant years the simple fact of the matter is and I mean this the public voted yes they voted for David Vogley the panel voted he was he was a he was a clear winner in the in the panel vote. He, he didn't was. get everybody's number one. No. But he got nearly everybody's. Yeah. Um and I think for that reason, you know, we'll have the bundle packed together for him for next week and we, we might even try and see if he'll he'll talk to us on, on the pod. It'd be an exciting day for us in the parish. But sure either way we may drop him over his price, so we might call up this house, see if we put on a bit of breakfast for us Yeah, tomorrow. We better do something. Uh huge congratulations to David Fogarty and of course congratulations to everybody that made the KCLR hurling podcast team of the year that you heard a little bit late or earlier on, rather. That is the end of this week's edition of the Kilkenny Hurling Podcast. The Kilkenny Hurling Podcast with Eddie Scally and Robbie Dowling. Brought to you by KCLR and Scoreline.ie.